social media marketing for essential oil brands. That is pretty dang specific. So when I'm an essential oil brand Googling that and you're creating a bunch of content on your blog about it, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna hire you on the spot because you're speaking directly to me. Hey everyone, what's up? We've got a little bit of a new look around here. I hope you like it. If you are not watching on YouTube, you can, if you didn't know, you can just type Latasha James into the YouTube search bar to see the podcast in video format and check out the new studio if you'd like to. But for today, we are going to talk about how to get booked out as a social media manager. And you can really replace those three words, social media manager with whatever service it is that you provide. I know that a lot of people from digital marketers to ads people, to graphic designers, to copywriters, photographers, all listen and watch the show. So take this and apply it to your craft however you know how. All right, so these tips are assuming that you have the basics down, assuming that you have already really perfected your craft as best as you can, meaning that you have taken some classes or courses or taken a portfolio project, just done your research and really gotten good at at the product or the service that it is that you're offering. If you are still stuck on that, specifically related to social media management, I'm gonna link a video in the show notes for you that's all about getting started as a social media manager. I talk about what exactly a portfolio project is and so on, and I also have some resources that I'll link below in the show notes for you as well. But These tips are kind of assuming that you have those things down. The first thing you're gonna wanna do once you have those things down is choose a niche. I don't necessarily think that choosing a niche is the most important thing to do kind of when you first start a side hustle or when you first kind of start dabbling around in this industry because I think dabbling is how you find out what your niche should be. That's certainly what I did. I sort of just worked with a bunch of different clients until I figured out what I really liked and also what I was really good at. But if you're looking to really scale your business, you're looking to take this side hustle full time, or you're looking to earn what you know that you deserve and truly get you know, booked out, you need probably to have a niche or a unique selling proposition at the very least. So let's, let's dive into what those things mean. First, a niche is going to be area or type of client that you really specialize in. So maybe it is boutique owners, maybe it's restaurants in the Denver, Colorado area, maybe it's even more niche than that and it's uh, cocktail bars in the Denver area or something like that. So it's a a specific type of business that you're used to working with and that you do a really good job for and you have proven success that you do a really good job and you do really good work for them. Now the other term that I mentioned, unique selling proposition, is also important because some of us might like to work with adverse variety of different clients, but we have a specific approach that we use. For instance, maybe you are really good at the design element of content creation. And so you create really beautiful designs for people that really are, you know, eye-catching and high-converting for your clients. Maybe you run really, really effective ad campaigns. And so that's your USP or your unique selling proposition. Either way, you have to have one of those two things or both of those things, right? 
I am an ad strategist for cocktail bars in the Denver area. That speaks directly to a customer, a particular client, and they're going to say yes to you nine times out of 10 more often than they're gonna say yes to me even if I have a decade more experience than you, even if I have more followers or you know whatever, if you can really speak directly to your ideal client, they are going to go with you nine times out of 10. That's just the way that it works. Before you have a niche or before you have a USP, I kind of think of it like that whole needle in a haystack thing, right? You're looking for clients, but there's so much noise around you and you're looking for like that one perfect match. It's gonna take you a really long time to find someone who really vibes with you and really understands, is picking up what you're putting down basically. But if you make that pool a little bit smaller and you say, you know what? I don't wanna work with grocery stores. I don't wanna work with beauty vloggers. I don't wanna work with coaches. You know, you eliminate people or you know types of businesses that you're open to, it makes that haystack a little bit smaller and it's a lot easier to sift through. So I know it can feel really scary. It can feel like, wait, this is counterintuitive. I'm trying to get more clients. Why am I making my pool smaller? But it's making it so that you are the standout person for a specific type of type of business. I think of people in my network all the time that I refer people to. And honestly, I refer people to them because they are the go-to people for a certain thing. Maybe they're the go-to people for yoga studios or the wedding industry or restaurants. And if you are thinking, you know what, I don't know what niche to choose, or I don't know that I want to make that pool that small. I'm scared of that. I have a resource for you. It's actually not my resource. It's a friend of mine. We're in an accountability group together. So I've gotten to to really understand his reason for creating this. And I purchased it. It's called The Niche List by my friend Brian David Hall. I'm going to link it in the show notes for you as well. It's a really great product. Three bucks on Gumroad. Highly recommend it. He basically breaks down all of these different niches in, I think it's just in the U.S., but you can certainly apply it to all over. And uh, he breaks those down and talks about how big these different industries are and sort of what opportunities there are available. Spoiler alert, it might not be the sexiest or the most fun niche that you really want to go for. You know, it might not be, I don't know, fashion models or TV and entertainment. It might be something like dairy farmers or, you know, I don't know, something in the agricultural industry or whatever. Anyway, that resource is linked. Okay. The next thing that you're going to want to think about is auditing your sales experience. And when I say this, I don't want you to get scared. You don't need to be this super marketing and sales pro by any means. When I audit my sales experience, I just look at it through the eyes of my ideal customer. And I think of it as a customer who buys things. I think about what the sales experience is that I like, right? Think in your head right now of what a good sales experience feels like to you. Have you had a recent experience that really wowed you or at least got you what you needed in a quick and efficient way? We'll figure out how you can kind of replicate that in your business. I can say my experience recently, I'm in the very early stages of house hunting and even just getting the mortgage pre-approval has been like this weird process and kind of scary for me and very foreign to me. I'm new to this. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I went with one company. I I actually went through and got my pre-approval through them 
because it was easy, because it was all online, because they walked me through it like I was a five-year-old and said, hey, this is what this is going to do. This is how it's going to impact our credit or how it won't and blah, blah, blah. And they really explained things to me. That's what I want as a consumer. I don't want to have to go into a place of business and maybe feel a little silly or like I'm not that smart. I want somebody to really handhold me through it digitally. And that company knows their audience, right? Millennials, older millennials who, uh, yeah, we don't like to talk on phones or go in, in person anywhere. Go through basically your sales funnel, right? Figure out where your customer is going to start from. Are they starting from a LinkedIn post? Are they starting from an Instagram post? How are they finding you? Are you cold emailing them? Are you going in person and talking to them? Whatever that sales funnel is, first of all, write down the sales funnel, write down the steps involved in that. So if it is in person, write down, okay, Latasha goes into restaurant. I give them a card. That card has a QR code. Think of simple, right? Make it really simple and easy for them. Either a QR code or a website link or both is what I would recommend. And that is going to bring them to a landing page that allows them to book a call. Then on the call, blah, 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 and really break it down. What are you going to do step by step in each stage of that process? And really look at that, like I said, from your client's viewpoint as best as you can. Ask other people if you have other people who work in this industry or who are that target audience to audit it for you in your life. That can be a really big help because we always think that we know best and usually we just don't. We overlook things. We we don't see things that some uh, you know external people might see. A big one to think about is social posts as well. A lot of us I know are you know doing a lot of content marketing online, and one of the biggest mistakes I've said this before, I'll say it again. One of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of people making is that they talk to each other a lot and they don't talk enough to their target customer. This is another reason why having a niche is important. I'm not going to sit here and write social media management tips on my agency account. That doesn't make sense. My ideal client is looking for a social media manager. They don't want to know how to become one or even necessarily how to manage their own. They're, they're looking to outsource it. And I know that I know who that ideal client is. I personally work mostly with tech startups and education companies. And so I can say, Hey, here's how video marketing can improve your startup, your next startup pitch and get you more investors. That would be my social post, not here's how to post on Instagram. And I see this a lot. It's a trap that a lot of us fall into. I don't know what it is, if it's like peer pressure, but audit things from your client's point of view. And also audit your website. This is really important because really the website is going to be the main hub, the main sort of point of sale, the main navigator for you that helps ideal clients get to where they need to go. And if it's clunky, if it's confusing, if it's overwhelming, if it makes them feel silly and not that smart, like I said about the mortgage thing, I don't want to go in somewhere and be like, oh my gosh, like, I way overestimated what I thought I could afford or I underestimated, you know, I don't want to feel silly. Don't make people feel silly. 
give them the information they need to make smart decisions. And I always say there are really three key website pages that you're gonna want. You're gonna want an about section. People wanna know who you are. They wanna have somewhat of a connection with you. They want to see that credibility. Why would they hire you over anybody else? This is where you can talk about your unique value proposition, your unique selling proposition. A contact page is hugely important. It's amazing how many websites do not have a contact page or they do have one, but it's like, very minimal and it's just kind of a contact box, give them multiple ways to contact you. I'm talking phone number. You can use Google Voice or text now to get a business phone number so people aren't calling your personal cell. I'm talking email address, a contact form, a contact button, a booking link to book a call with you. You might wanna have all of those things or some combination of those to make it a really seamless, easy experience. There has been so many times when I've hired for my company and I've honestly hired the person who made it the easiest to get in contact with, full stop. If they have a booking link to hop on a call with them that day, I might hire them over somebody else just because I needed somebody that day. And you're also gonna want to audit your contract and your payment system. So take it all the way through. If you're having a friend or a colleague or you know a, a mentor audit this stuff, have them go through the entire process. This really, really sets the tone for a relationship and can really level you up in terms of professionalism. You guys know that I love HoneyBook. I'll, as always, leave my HoneyBook link down in the show notes to get you 50% off, but it's a CRM, a customer relationship management tool, and it just makes everything very seamless. I can send them their proposal, their invoice, their first contract in one full swoop, and I'm not kind of shuffling papers back and forth, or even worse, running physically to a place of business to get somebody to sign on the dotted line. And uh, we also are having a guest instructor in the Freelance Friday Club on June 30th, 2021. If you're watching this ahead of that, definitely check that out if you're interested. I'll have a 50% off link for the Freelance Friday Club in the show notes as well. That's my private member community. We do masterclasses every single month. And this one is going to be a guest expert who's going to be telling us about the things that we really need on our websites and just how important websites are. So if you're somebody who is struggling with getting that information in a clear and concise way, this is going to be a class that you want to check out. Okay. My next tip is to raise your prices. Plain and simple. And again, this might sound a little counterintuitive. You're like, hold on, why am I raising prices if I want more people? Shouldn't I lower prices? Shouldn't I do sales? Shouldn't I do promotions? And sure, don't get me wrong, there is a time and a place for promotions and bonuses and things like that. My, my tip on that really quickly is to always do a bonus versus a discount if you can. I do discounts every once in a while, but I try my best to make them bonuses instead to give more value as opposed to take money away because it is just a optics thing. You know, if you're taking money off, it's kind of telling people and giving the impression that the work you do is actually worth less than you're charging. You're just marking it up. Keep that in mind. Always give something more rather than take value or, or take money away if you can. But listen, it, it's not counterintuitive. Uh, raising your prices means that it's going to take you less customers, less clients to get booked out right? If you're charging $1,000 versus $500, you're going to be able to take one or two less clients to reach your income goal than you were before. I mean, it's just math. 50% less basically is what you're going to have to do. And you're also going to be attracting a different client. I think a lot of us get stuck in that sort of budget range. And again, there's a time and a place. And there is also certain industries that maybe just are more budget niches and that's okay. They 
need help too. And there's a lot of value in serving those folks too. I'm talking maybe nonprofits or charities. I know a lot of my clients who work with churches and religious organizations, a lot of them are more volunteer based, not always, but often. So don't get me wrong. There's still a place for budget social media management. But if you're in the place and and working with a niche that allows you to raise those prices a little bit, you're going to attract that higher end, that higher ticket version of that client. These higher ticket clients are going to look better in a portfolio. They're probably going to be more used to working with freelancers and agencies and contractors in the sense that they're probably going to get you paid on time. They're going to understand how the whole workflow goes and not need to be handheld as much because with a budget client, you might be the first person they've ever outsourced to. So keep that in mind. You're going to attract a different type of clientele by raising your prices. And again, it's an optics thing. If you're saying I can do your social media management and, and, you know, give you the sun, the moon, the stars for $300 a month, I'm looking at that and saying, Hmm, I don't know that that's going to take me to the level that I really need. That's not really a premium investment for me. And I need premium level work. I'm at the place where I'm ready to scale my business and and I need something good. I need, I need a big impact, right? I don't need just boxes checked. So do you keep that in mind? My next tip is to get louder. Cue the JLo song. I'm joking. I can't use JLo's music in my podcast, but if I could, I would be telling you to get loud. Okay. Here's the thing. Most people that I have found are not talking about their solutions enough. I'm going to say that again. Most people are not talking about their solutions enough. We feel like we're being really annoying and really spammy and really salesy. And some of you are, some people are, but most people are not. Most people I hear from them. They tell me something cooler they're working on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that you did that. I have a funny story. I've told like all of my coaching clients this at this point, they've all heard this already, but I had somebody, I don't know, it was probably three to six months ago. I've been doing this podcast for, I think, two and a half years at least, and I posted an Instagram story of the podcast, and this person who's followed me on Instagram for a long time, because I've seen their name pop up over and over again, was like, oh my gosh, you have a podcast? Where can I listen to it? And I'm like, sis, I've had this podcast for like a long time. And so this is just to say that you might feel like you're being annoying, but people probably don't know. And the reason they don't know is one, because attention spans, right? People have really limited attention spans. Think of all the Instagram stories that you've watched, but you haven't really watched. I do that. I'm guilty. I just kind of like tap through and I'm like double screening, but also the algorithms themselves on social media. People aren't seeing every single post you're putting out. I know that people who follow me are not seeing every single post that I'm putting out. They're just not. And so giving them reminders is important. I also think that people talk a lot in general terms. So we might talk about the value of social media, right? Or Instagram is awesome, or you should be on TikTok or whatever the latest thing is, but we're not talking about our unique approach. How can I make your social media awesome? Like, give me some examples of stuff that you've done or, you know, give me, give me more than just saying you need social media. Give give me concrete examples. Give me, give me things that I can actually envision myself being your client and, and using. 
Also in terms of getting louder, you might want to cast a wider net. If you're not reaching enough people, either the people that you already have sort of in your, in your sales funnel, if you will, meaning your followers, your email subscribers, your viewers, your anybody who's kind of in your, your, your circle already, they might not be hearing your voice enough. So that goes to that earlier point, but you also, if that's not the issue, if everybody loves you, that's following you, and maybe you only have 10 followers and they're all your existing clients, then you need to cast a wider net. That's where you need to really broaden what you're doing and, and get louder and wider at the same time. Some things that I would recommend for that as easy starting points are co-marketing campaigns, leveraging existing loyal audiences. And by that, I mean working with brands that you like to work with, tools that you use, uh, creators that you already support that maybe are in similar but not competing spaces, and leveraging communities that already exist. You could also think of this in terms of collaborations in your local area maybe, so co-working spaces. They're often very open to having guest presenters in. If you say, hey, I wanna do a free social media workshop for your members, usually they'll say yes. I've experienced them usually saying yes and being glad to have that that free offer for their members. You can also cast a wider net through press. I've talked before about Haro. I love Haro. Help a reporter out is a great one to use. There's also one that I found out from a member of the Freelance Friday Club called Quoted, which is a similar platform there. And then you can also do some of that longer game kind of content. So this kind of stuff, making a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, any of that stuff that's going to help you down the line in terms of SEO. And yes, you're probably not, you might, I don't want to be discouraging, you could, but you're probably not going to see like a drastic effect the day after you publish your first blog post. But over time, it's going to help you. And again, if you're speaking niche specific, if you're going to say, social media marketing for essential oil brands. That is pretty dang specific. So when I'm an essential oil brand Googling that and you're creating a bunch of content on your blog about it, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna hire you on the spot because you're speaking directly to me and I'm not gonna even necessarily need a ton of social proof because you've already given it to me in that blog post. You've already showed me that you know what the heck you're talking about. Similarly, Google is a great resource. Uh, Google Ads, Google My Business, setting up a Google My Business listing. I'm always shocked by how many people come in to my agency through Google. They're like, oh yeah, I Googled in the area. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Same thing for SEO. People will say, I just literally Googled and your website came up, which my website is not super SEO optimized. So the bar is pretty low there. So keep that in mind. The other thing that I did when I was looking to get booked out, when I was first starting, I had maybe, I don't know, one or two clients and I had just quit my day job and I was panicking a little is I just kept hustling. I was always doing something. I was always casting that net. I didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, today I'm just going to watch TV or today I'm just going to focus on this one client. I always had at least a couple hours of my day dedicated to lead generation. And I would do this 
through co-marketing campaigns, through YouTube videos, and hey, I created a freebie for you guys, check it out down below, through, you know, whatever. I did a lot of webinars. I would host a webinar almost, I think every month or every other week, maybe, I would do a webinar. I'd do a lunch and learn style webinar and get email addresses and give value away. And I signed so many clients from doing those helpful webinars. Making sure though, that you're capturing leads if you can. Lives are good, lives are great, but webinars are really fantastic. They're next level great because you get your you get their email address so you can follow up with them one on one after they attend. Lastly, there is a note on reframing your mindset. Similar to what I just said, I kind of really use this as an affirmation for myself. I said, if I get up every day and I do something, good things are going to happen. I will become booked out. I mean, I know it sounds a little silly, a little woo woo, but. I, I knew that. I mean, that's just felt right to me. And I know that the world's unfair. I don't want to, you know, come at this from a, a place of privilege or anything. I know that lots of good people do good things every day and still have bad things happen to them. That is just a fact that does happen. But in terms of business, if you're putting stuff out there and you're at least hitting the right audience, in theory, good things will happen. And if they're not, you're going to want to change your messaging. You're going to want to change your offer. You're going to want to switch something up because, you know, you don't want to keep doing the wrong thing for too long. But if you are finding little wins, little milestones and saying, okay, that worked, I can build on that and you keep doing it, then good things are going to happen and you will become booked out. Also, I believe that positivity begets positivity. It attracts positivity as well. So going into webinars with a smile on your face and being optimistic and, and positive about the solution that you offer is going to get people who are excited and optimistic and happy about the work that you do. You also need to become okay with rejection. Because it takes a lot. If you want to get booked out, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. You don't become a social media manager who can close the doors to their business overnight. At least most of us are not. Of course, there's always an exception. And I hear from the exceptions in my comments all the time. But that's not how it worked for me, okay? It took me a lot of no's. And I... I'm okay with no's now. I don't mind. And I know that that's the worst thing somebody can really say to me is, nope, I don't need that right now. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go find somebody who does. It's okay. So the more that you do it, one of my, I actually, I don't know who told me this. I, I heard this. Maybe I heard it on a podcast or something, but somebody said, get 10 no's. Like make that your first goal. When you're first starting out, get 10 no's. Because if you get 10 no's, you're probably going to get at least one yes. And if you don't get at least one yes, that's a good point to look at your offer again, like I mentioned, and say, hold on, what could I make? What could I do better? Maybe something is not really hitting. Or at the very least, you're getting stronger, right? You're, you're getting used to getting those no's. And that is a very important part of entrepreneurship. For me, I would say that resilience is responsible for a whole lot of my success. It really is. So there is that. So today's episode is brought to you by the Freelance Friday Club. This is my exclusive membership community that I check and interact with every single day. It's the most accessible and affordable way to work with me. I'm in there coaching via the message board every single day. I also 
host several masterclasses and Q&A sessions that I call office hours every single month where we get on a Zoom call together. It is a pretty small and intimate group, but it is just big enough to have a wide range of different people, skill sets, seasons of business in that group. So I'm always learning something from the incredible members in that community, and I know that you will too. I'm gonna leave a link down in the show notes for 50% off to the Freelance Friday Club. It's a month-to-month membership you can cancel anytime, and I would love to have you over there. Okay, so let's get into the Q&A portion of the episode. This is new for season six. I hope you like it. I'm gonna answer a question every single episode. If you'd like to ask me anything, stay tuned on my Instagram stories. I'll put a call out once a month for questions. You can find me at the Latasha James. And today's question is how to successfully close deals slash closing deals strategy. Really good question and appropriate for today's topic. So I do have a video all about a discovery call, which I think is an important one to watch if you haven't yet, because that's kind of the lead up to the deal. I don't even like the term deal. It sounds so salesy. I never really refer to it that way just because I go into sales conversations as conversations. That's what it is to me. I just want to understand if I would be a fit for that potential client. And if I'm not going to be, I will be honest about it. I think that's important. And what I'm going to do is really understand their question, understand the problem, understand their pain points, and then respond and explain how I'm going to address those things. So if their problem is we're just not getting enough sales, I'm going to say, you know what? I have some really great ideas that are going to help you cast a wider net that are going to help you increase the reach of your content because you already have good content. That's not the issue. The issue is you're not reaching enough people and you're also not reaching enough people who are in your target audience. So it looks like from your data that you just showed me, you're reaching a lot of, you know, under 18 year olds on TikTok, but your, your product is actually aimed at older millennials. So we're going to switch up the platforms we're posting on. We're going to run some ads specifically targeting those people in an age-based, you know, age-based targeting layer and blah, 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 right? You're just having a conversation. That wasn't, that was just off the top of my head. Okay. So it doesn't need to be this spammy salesy thing. And I definitely feel that I have a more organic approach to it. I guess you could say, uh, I'm not saying that's better. I just, this is what has worked for me is just being more conversational, just sounding more like a human, just being really, really honest and, and trying to do the right thing for the client. Like I said, if I'm not the right person, I just today, one of my friends asked me for help and I don't think I'm the right person for the project for a lot of reasons. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to refer somebody that way. That's the answer is approach it like a conversation, get clear on what their problems are. And if you can help and explain honestly how you would help. You know, you don't want to give the entire strategy away. You don't want to say, hey, yeah, we're going to get you off TikTok and and here's exactly how I'm going to run this ad campaign for you on LinkedIn. Like you don't need to get that specific, but just giving an overview of what you're going to do and why you are the best person for the job. That's honestly my sales strategy. I also will say that if you have to do a lot of convincing, you know, if they're like, okay, well, that sounds good. Um, yeah, I don't know. If somebody says, I don't know, I need to think about it. I say, sweet. When should I follow up? (laughs) 
maybe not sweet. I probably wouldn't say sweet, but I'll say awesome. Sounds good. Take some time to think about it. When should I follow up? Do you think, you know, by the end of the week would be good for you? I'll give you a call then. Because I don't want people who are on the fence. I don't want people who I'm feeling like I have to force or push into something. At the same time, that little gentle nudge of of holding them accountable and saying, okay, great. When can I follow up? It's a verbal agreement. It's a verbal commitment in some way. And if they say, oh, I'm not sure, or don't call me, I'll call you, then that's a good a good point for you to say, okay, let me write that person off. They're probably not coming back. And if they do, it has happened many times to me, then awesome. It's a nice bonus, but you're not going to be, you know, sitting around waiting for that call. So let me know you guys, if you would like to see a more in-depth video or piece of content about selling, I think I have another episode about selling too. I'm going to link a ton of resources for you in the show notes as always. Definitely check those out. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Freelance Friday Club is open and ready for for you to come check it out. I'll have that link below and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.